Hi, I'm Stu Baca, and I'm a Gen X grown-up, and I support Gen X grown-up on Patreon, and you should too at patreon.com slash genxgrownup. Gen X Grown Up is a YouTube channel, website, and audio podcast you're listening to right now. All made for and by people who love exploring media, games, tech, and toys of yesterday and today through the eyes of Gen Xers who refuse to grow up. Your dinner cannot just be french fries. Basically, life sucks as a Welcome back, Gen X Grown Up Podcast listener, to this backtrack edition of the Gen X Grown Up Podcast. I am John. Joining me as always is Mo. Hey, everybody. And George is here. Hey, how's it going, guys? The backtrack edition of our podcast is, of course, where we take a single nostalgic topic from our youth growing up as Generation Xers and dig in deep on that. This episode, we're talking about movie musicals from Generation X. But before we begin with that, it is time to look in the fourth listener mailbag. You guys remember a few backtracks ago, we talked about the one-hit wonders of the 1980s, oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of comments on that, let me tell you. We sparked a lot of attention. <laughs> we read a couple of emails from fourth listeners on the last episode of the show, but they overflowed into this episode, so we have a couple more to talk about. The first fourth listener was Matt. Matt says, just wanted to let you know that I really enjoyed the last episode. One of my favorite parts of the podcast is when George and John fight like a married couple, which this episode had plenty <laughs> of. <laughs> P.S. John is usually right and would totally win in a fight. Oh, what the <laughs> hell? Oh, Matt can kiss slam. my ass. I'm kicking Matt's ass. My new now. favorite yeah. fourth listener. Thank I mean, you, He's probably right, but still, I mean, geez. <laughs> I believe I could stick and move enough to beat John in a fight. Now, if he gets a hold of me, I'm done. <laughs> just, just keep moving. Oh, well, if you do that enough, you're going to run out of breath, and then I can still get you, I think. Well, that's what I'm saying. I got, <laughs> I've always had about a five-minute window to knock it's you more out. Of a stamina game, really, we're talking about here. Oh, Matt continues to say, some of your songs were pretty questionable, and I'm oh. still shocked that no one had Come On Eileen oh, on their here we list. Go again. Uh, Another geez. listener thought Come On Eileen belonged on our list. He says, a hilarious episode, great production quality as usual, a fourth listener until I get bored, Matt Man. Oh, oh, I don't well. like that salutation as much. That's What's not wrong a... with Forever Fourth Listener? Come on, let's stick yeah. with that. Until I get bored. It's almost like they're putting pressure. Right? Yeah, the, the, the heat is on. That's like, I'm going to stay married until you're not pretty anymore, and then we're done. Right, exactly. <laughs> Just put that in your vows and see how well it goes over. <laughs> Our next fourth listener email, also Another about the one-hit one? wonders. Oh, yeah, this is from Lord. Mike. Wow. Mike wrote in, his subject line was one-hit wonder podcast. He says, guys, I really enjoyed the one-hit wonder podcast. I was listening to it while my six-month-old son was asleep in my arms last night. Aww. First, I had a hard time trying not to laugh at some of your reactions to each other's picks so I wouldn't wake him up. <laughs> Second, I started thinking how cool it's going to be when he's old enough I can share these songs with him. I think music is just such a powerful impact on us all. Yeah, Absolutely. good point. 100% right. Yeah. Later in his email, he actually gave us a whole additional top 10 beyond <laughs> oh, really? our no overlap. It included wow. things like One Night in Bangkok. Oh, oh good yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I Just Died in Your Arms Tonight by Cutting Crew, Shattered Dreams, 19 by Paul Hardcastle, and of course, Come On Eileen. Oh, Apparently, okay. is the one thing that we all chose to forget. I'm never going to listen to that song again. Now, just it, just boycotting the fourth right. listeners. No, nice, no. Way to go, George. Take a stance. <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> so finally, Mike said, "Thanks for the awesome trip down memory lane, Mike." P.S. I had to make a one-hit wonder playlist after listening to this podcast. Oh, that's <laughs> Mo, awesome. you did that too. <laughs> yeah, I put ours on Spotify. Actually, yeah, I've been listening to Mo's Spotify list myself. So that's have awesome. I. Yep, yep. You can go to the show notes from that episode, and you can go and add that Spotify playlist directly in. You don't have to make your own, but if you did, good on you. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, hey, thank you. We always appreciate when the fourth listeners write in. You can hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. With that, it is time to hop into movie musicals from Generation X right after this. The bright lights of Broadway and the silver screen are alive with the sounds of music as CBS Fox Video presents The Great Musicals Collection, a fabulous new video package featuring your favorite stars, favorite songs, and 14 of the most popular films of all time. The laughter, the tears, the songs that last for years. The Great Musicals Collection is alive on CBS Fox Video. Have you guys checked out Retro Tone News yet? 
Oh, get out of here. That's <laughs> yeah. my only news source now. That's it. <laughs> if you haven't listened to this yet, fourth listener, I mean, this is, they got this character, Raj Bigsby, and he sounds like an old radio <laughs> announcer, and he's reading the current news. Good morning, Mr. and Mrs. America. <laughs> and all the ships at the sea. Ships sea. <laughs> he takes the current news, and he rolls it up in this character and this kind of lightheartedness. He pokes fun at it, but it's informative, too. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> it's that old newsreel, like when your mm-hmm. grandparents we go to the movie theater for a nickel. It yep. is so awesome. And he's in character the, the entire whole time. time. Beginning but to end. Yeah. It's only like a five or seven minute episode. It actually makes listening to some of the news easier. <laughs> so, right. It certainly does. <laughs> because some of it is just so damn depressing that it's like, I'm like, okay, I can deal with it if he says it. It's way too short for my taste. It's so good. <laughs> oh, I want to beg him. If he's listening right now, please do an episode every day. Right. I don't want to wait a whole week to get an Keep episode. Keep it coming. What would that do to his throat to be able to do the Raj Bigsby voice 24 <laughs> hours a day around the clock. He might have to have surgery. I don't know, but whatever it takes, I'm willing to fund it. If you want a taste of current news through a Radiola-style old newsreel announcer, you couldn't find a cooler, short-burst fun podcast in the Retro Tone News, and you can check it out. Head over to evergreenpodcasts.com. Subscribe for sure. You'll be glad you added it to your list. Gentlemen, we're here today to talk about musicals of Generation X, in particular movie musicals of Generation X, and what inspired us to go down this topic. In June of 1978, the film Grease opened 41 years ago. Wow. Wow. Okay. That's an incredible statistic. Just that part right there. I love feeling older. (laughs) It starred John Travolta of Pulp Fiction fame and Olivia (laughs) Newton-John of 70s music fame, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it was based on a stage musical from 1971, just seven years earlier. So I have to ask, though, like, I I mean, when we picked this topic, I was going through trying Mm -hmm. to find suggestions. My problem is, what is a musical versus the suggestions (laughs) that were popping up on the list? I'm like, he calls that a musical? And and you were going, John, do you call that a musical? Exactly. 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 What do you categorize as a musical movie? Well, I'll tell you what I think of a musical movie is. Well, and as Matt described, if we disagree, I'm going to be correct. I went in a fight. But you go ahead okay, and tell so us what you think. <laughs> Outstanding the Matt rule, which we're not going to agree on. A movie musical, in my opinion, is a movie that tells a substantial part of the story in the songs that are in the movie. And I don't mean that in like the song highlights something that's going on in the movie. I mean, it actually tells the literal story of the film and the characters as it's happening. So a great example of that in Greece, when they're singing the song about summer nights, right? And that's the John Travolta, Olivia Newton-John duet. A lot of the songs are that way. When they're singing that song, they're telling a story of how the two of them see their relationship at that moment. And there's visuals accompanying with it. They're walking around in their sets and things like that are happening. Now, when you're talking about some of the other things, like that'll be a little bit later on down the list, it's a movie that has some iconic music in it. Mm Mm-hmm. But the music is only highlighting what's happening in the story. And all the story is delivered via regular dialogue, spoken word kind of thing, not in music form. That's my opinion of what a musical is. Hmm. I I understand that take on it. I mean, I get where you're coming from. Uh, But yeah, I don't see it as clear cut as that has to be telling the story. Pretty much anywhere for me, a musical movie is it has the characters break into songs spontaneously. Anytime you have a movie where people would normally be talking and instead they do a a little song and a dance in the middle of the street or something that you wouldn't do, normal human beings would not do. Right. I see that as a movie that's showcasing music. And so I think I have a little looser definition probably. But aren't those segments telling the story, though? That's what I'm saying. And I agree with you. Sometimes, but not always. They're not telling what's happening in the story. It's just, I mean, in some of our examples, the music is the point of the story, not what they're telling in the story. And I don't mean that the goal of the story is to go sing a song, but we'll we'll get to those. So, Mo, where do you fall on this spectrum? See, I think I have a looser definition as well. And so my thing is like, if music is critical to the movie in any shape or form, then to me, that makes it kind of a musical. And again, some of the ones- Oh, wow. So even looser than my definition. That's a really broad definition. Yeah. yeah. Because that's- I mean, if music is critical to the movie if it's critical to the plot and to what the uh-huh. movie's about and yep. all that stuff I personally would consider that a, a musical because now you're talking about almost every film that John Williams has ever scored well but that's that's a soundtrack that's a, soundtrack. 
that's okay. not songs in the movie. That's soundtrack playing behind the movie. That's yeah, different. but a lot of those soundtracks are critical to those films. I mean, look at Jurassic Park. The music in Jurassic oh, but, Park yeah, but that, the makes music. that movie. But the velociraptors yeah. are not singing and dancing. Right. Well, no, like, the characters aren't doing the performing. I'm talking about Moe's definition. That might qualify under his definition. And critical, it means the characters themselves are actually participating in the music. Okay, so okay. That, that, there, okay. there's an asterisk there, a caveat. Yeah. That's a good right. little line there. The characters themselves are participating in the music. Okay. Right. So it's not right. background well, George, music. George, you or kicked this off by talking about Greece. So mm. I think Greece is a great place to start. And you are probably the biggest Greece fan of all of us on the show. I might oh, yeah. be. <laughs> no, you so, are. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great film. No, it really it's is. A bad film. Yep. John Travolta, one of his breakout roles, you know, right after the Welcome Back Cotter TV shows, uh, Olivia Newton-John, this was kind of what really introduced her to a large, wide stream audience here in America. It also had some really great actors in it. It had Stockard Channing, who is a tremendous Broadway talent. But she was a stretch for a high school student. They were all stretches <laughs> for high school students. That always happens. Yeah. This was not an age casting appropriate film at all. Every single one of them looked like yeah. they had kids in high school school at this point. Even things that we might vaguely remember from when we were growing up in the 70s or 80s, the band Sha Na Na made an yeah. appearance in the film. <laughs> do 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 <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Good night, sweetheart. Yeah. I'm team Bowser all the way. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's also spawned a sequel. I don't know if you guys were aware of that, but there I, was I know Grease 2 is a thing. I, I don't think I ever saw it. Yeah. There's a Grease 2. It was released four years later, 1982, starred Maxwell Caulfield and Michelle Pfeiffer. I love the Grease films. Okay. Yep. So another movie musical that's about kids at school is uh, Fame in 1980. Oh, yeah. Oh, Irene Cara. Yes, yeah. absolutely. going to live forever. <laughs> Debbie Allen. Yeah. We're just going to list people that were in this movie. That's all we're going right. to <laughs> Yeah. Fame is a great one. I know I referenced fame a lot back when my daughter was in high school because I would describe to people, she went to an art school. She wasn't a dancer or a musician. Uh, she was an artist, but I had to explain to people, my daughter goes to this school. Uh, well, have you seen fame? It's like that kind of school, but for other art. <laughs> yeah, this was just an unbelievable movie about uh, an unbelievable high school where everyone is so ridiculously talented. Yeah. And they all get into this one arts high school, right? Yeah, it's a New York school. It's based on a real place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. School of Art and Design. Mm -hmm. And oddly enough, the guy who produced this film, he came up with the idea for this while he was inspired by the musical A Chorus Line. So this has got double musical chops with it. Wow. It's inspired by A Chorus Line, and it was conceived by a guy who worked on all that stuff, and then he came up with fame. And mm. probably one of the more iconic songs of a title of a film in our list. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the thing about the show is it spun off a TV series where almost mm -hmm. all the actors from the movie were in the TV series. Yeah, they did. You know, and the structure of fame followed like the years of them going to school. They had auditions and freshman and sophomore year. And what I thought was neat when I was putting this list together was kind of meta is that during the film fame, they go and see another film on our list, which is the Rocky oh, yeah. Horror Picture <laughs> Show. <Right. laughs> so life imitating art, imitating life. So there it is in fame. And so speaking of Rocky Horror, embedded inside of fame. Let's go ahead and talk about Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, yeah. From the movie, I saw Rocky Horror in that same theater where they were filming it. So it was authentic. So in fame, you saw Rocky Horror in the film where the fame actors were watching Rocky Horror. Yep, because it was showing oh, one theater in New York. Wow. That hurts wow. my brain. Okay, neat. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, you know when, when you have a camera focused on a person standing in front of a TV and then there's that big, long... It's the tunnel of the infinite tunnel of mirrors yeah. thing, right? <laughs> That's, That's what my brain is doing right now. It was playing at the A Street Playhouse. That's where pretty much only it, it played every single week, Friday at midnight. They had a showing of the Rocky Horror, and it was like, actually, it was funny because you know how you see like the actors would go up and like act out the scenes. This musical stands apart as it lived for so long in the theaters because it had this cult yeah, participation factor, right? I remember yeah. one of the people I went to junior high school with was Magenta. 
Magenta. <laughs> she went every Friday and did Magenta on stage. So she was a cosplayer before cosplayers knew what cosplay yeah, exactly. was. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. She was like the and original doing Rocky cosplayer. Yep. I mean, going to that thing was an event, though, going to see that movie because just everyone knew the songs, everyone knew the music. I mean, it was great. It's a goofy damn movie. Oh, it is. I've got a little tidbit about this film. I didn't see this film until 1995. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I, I, yep. I could see that depending on where you were born and brought well, up. Well, I was yeah. born in 71, so I was four years old when it came out. But I started hearing about it and recognizing it probably around the age of 10. But I could never talk anybody in my family to taking me to it because it was always at midnight. And, yeah. you know, being a 10-year-old, you weren't going to watch a movie at midnight. It's kind of a raunchy, iffy kind of topic, <laughs> to too. To people who were A, conservative, and B, had never seen it, it had a bad reputation for being this vulgar, vile film because, I guess, of the midnight showing and the news stories about things happening in the theaters as far as, like, yeah. throwing stuff at the screen and causing theaters problems, but it really isn't that bad. It, there's no. nothing in it that's, like, by today's, you know, terms and everything, it's tame. If you want anything, air quotes, raunchy, okay, a guy is a cross-dresser. That's pretty, that's about the most raunchy thing yeah. in that film. It, oh. It's a pretty tame film. We should talk a little bit about Tim Curry's performance. Oh, that was mm -hmm. awesome. my God. That is the shit. <laughs> that Sarandon performance in, in that too. film. Well, Susan Sarandon, Bill Bostwick is in it. Yeah. Well, Meatloaf is in it for God's sake. I mean, right. Yeah. Was the, I mean, going to see it, I saw it, I had to see it probably a dozen times because the funniest part was just listening to people yelling out the lines. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Constantly. Well, there's you're yelling out the lines, but there's also you have response lines that well, aren't in the is, movie. Yeah. You have to yell yeah, the response right. line. And God forbid you get one wrong in this theater. Let well, me tell you. I okay. see people get literally now, get I know booed people out of talk the about if you get them wrong and everything, but there are different response lines depending upon where the hell you're at. Well, that's right. And you don't go right. to another city and give the wrong line. I know, but right. Jesus, how do, how do you keep... Uh, I remember we would log on to bulletin boards before there was an internet. I went desperately searching for scripts of Rocky right. Horror Picture Show like you with the, the column facto, responses right? so I yep. could get the right thing. And there was every single one was different. There were none that were the same. That's why you just go there a few <laughs> times. You listen, you learn. Yeah. And that's what I'm a virgin, though. Then you're Rocky Horror Virgin, and everybody knows it. Yeah. Well, George is trying to impress everybody. That's the difference. Well, I just wanted to be a part of it because I looked forward to it so much as a kid, but never got to experience it until I was in my mid 20s. And that was kind of sad for me because I missed out on an essential part of the Gen X grown up experience at an early age, you know, kind of like some people who haven't seen Goonies. <laughs> well, you notice that I did not give you a hard time for not having seen Rocky Horror Picture Show. Well, like, I you notoriously help. give me a hard time. I can't help your shortcomings, <laughs> sir. That's not my problem. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> This is the story of a summer in your city. It's 95 degrees and in your pants it ain't pretty. Your body is a casserole of wet, salty hair. Your armpits smell like someone wiped them with some dirty underwear. Let's talk about Cabaret. Oh, shoot. Oh, good. One I haven't seen. There's another one George hasn't seen. Perfect. <laughs> Outstanding. What good is sitting alone in your room? Come hear the music play. Cabaret also based on a, a great uh, live stage musical. If ever you wanted to see a chorus line of Nazis, this is the musical for you. That's what I want to see, a chorus line of Nazis? I did, maybe. Okay. <laughs> Mo, Cabaret. Oh, yeah, I've seen it. It's great. And is it Bob Fosse? And Liza Minnelli was in yes. it? Yes, yep. Music by Bob Fosse. Yep. Oh, I knew Liza Minnelli was in it. I remember the that film much. star Liza Minnelli, yeah. Michael York. Yeah. And Joel Grey, who is the host. Really? Joel Grey? That's Joel from Grey? Remo Williams? Yep. Awesome. How have we yep. not done a podcast on Remo Williams, by the way? I'm just throwing that out. <laughs> uh, unclear. Maybe we will now. <laughs> Once you see Cabaret, we'll get to that. <laughs> okay, fine. Let's move on to what I know George has seen. How about a little Dolly Parton and Burt Reynolds action in the oh. Best Little Whorehouse in Texas? Yes. Yeah. Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, the well, Chicken Ranch, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. The field run dry. It's just a little bitty pissant country place. Nothing much to see. No drinking allowed. We get a nice quad Plain as it can be. It's just a bitty spot. Oh, no my God. This film was so much fun. You know who watched this movie with me? My mother. Yeah. I, I would never have thought in my life before that point 
that my mother would watch a film with me that had Whorehouse in its title. You know why I believe that? I saw this in the theater with both of my parents and we had a great time. Because <laughs> the, the title yeah. belies what it really is. It's not. That's right. It's I mean, not, yes, yeah. it is about a whorehouse, but that's not the real subject matter it of the story. Up, really. It's a romance. Yeah. It's a mm-hmm. romance between Burt Reynolds and Dolly Parton, who at the time in Generation X were two of the biggest stars. I mean, Dolly Parton had her nine to five film and well, Burt Reynolds they were had stars. everything. They were also huge sex symbols. I mean, everything about they that. Were. That was just like two, you know, absolute lightning bolts coming together that was already in the public pop culture mind. It was incredible. It really and was. And Burt Reynolds sang. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And not well. Sort of. But yeah, it is kind of. The high sort of. of the movie, but yeah. right. I don't know right. how you couldn't enjoy it. It was fun. When you talk about musicals, they're, you know, Rocky Horror Picture Show is fun, but it's a little dark. It's a little twisted. You know, yeah. it's not Grease for is fun, but there's like, there's no way you believe those kids are in high school. Uh, <laughs> fame is very drama-esque. It is. But Best Little Whorehouse in Texas is just pure bubblegum, feel good going in, feel good going out type of film. Hey-o. Hey, oh. Well, not. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> George! <what> she said. <laughs> a little Freudian slip there, my friend, in your best little whorehouse discussion. <laughs> hey, you know what? Another one I remember so much growing up is how many musicals were geared toward kids, like stuff our age, like when I was a kid at the time. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the first one that always pops in my head, I don't know why, is really walking the Chocolate Factory. Oh, my God. We'll begin with a spin traveling in the world of my creation. What we'll see will defy explanation. So this is one of those that would we would debate on as yeah. to whether it's a musical. But you or think not. it's not a musical? I don't consider it a musical. Song but is so it's close. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right. The songs in it are classic, <laughs> and Come you remember me, them. and you'll yeah. see a world of true imagination. Right. So he's leading the kids, and it's, they do it's kind of tell the story, but I don't know. It's it. Yeah, I guess it is a musical. It's just hard to see it yes! that way. Yes. One, one for John. <laughs> you win. Wait, John wins again. <laughs> oh right. So every single time one of the kids something happened to them the Oompa Loompas would sing yeah. the song about explaining yeah. why they suffered and what they did wrong I guess she was a bad egg the Oompa Loompas are amazing yeah well and even some of the songs at the Who beginning like where Charlie and his uncle they're laying yes. in the bed and they yeah. jump out of the bed yeah there's some good stuff by the way Charlie's uncle is a piece of crap what okay <laughs> He just laid in the bed, let everybody support him until it was time to go on a vacation. Then he hops out of bed and he's good. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> that was actually his grandpa. Was not his uncle? Was it his, his grandpa? It was his grandpa. Yes. Yeah. Because he called him grandpa, so oh, I assume yeah. that he's grandpa. But hey, but he had trouble getting up. I mean, well, well he sure did have trouble getting up when the golden ticket was ready. I know. As soon as somebody <laughs> threw a Disney cruise in his path, he was ready to go. <laughs> hey, do you blame him? Look where they're living. I mean, come on, sharing a bed with four other people. <laughs> <laughs> so would we all agree then that it's Gene Wilder's performance that far outshines? No debate. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. No I debate. Mean, yeah. Gene Wilder, it, it, he, he is my Willy Wonka. Yep. And it's so <laughs> nuanced. Like if you look at his performance in that, like just oh, on yeah. the surface, he's all nice and positive it, and everything. It's, it's but little glances. These little, and yeah. These little he has a dark undercurrent. Like, yeah. Yes. Oh, no, wait, stop. Don't go in there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like, fuck <laughs> off, man. Like, like, oh, he's, huh. he, he's rooting for everybody else to get kicked out of the thing and only Charlie to be mm-hmm. the winner. And yep. but in a dark way, like you said. It, yep. I He's think his performance there. made that film. Like you can have the songs, Mo, I'll, I'll grant you that. The songs are classics. They are a part of pop culture forever. But without Gene Wilder, I don't know that film becomes the what it is now. I, I think Gene Wilder in that film is lightning in a bottle. You yeah, absolutely, absolutely got the right person in the right role at the right time of his life, and it made that film. Yeah. yeah. No, no, yep. no debate. We're talking about films that were musicals that kind of pandered to kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what about 1986? Labyrinth with David Bowie. Ooh. I saw my baby crying hard as babe could cry. What could I do? Yeah. yeah. I, I, Listen, I directed by it. Jim Henson, produced by George Lucas. No. It had all the markings of what would be a great film, and I know a lot of people like it. I could only watch about half that thing before I had to just turn it off. <laughs> 
<laughs> really? Wow. Yeah, I just really didn't like any part you know, of it. You know, it's not my top blood. ten, but it's, it's, it's I not my bottom ten either. Well. Yeah. <laughs> right, exactly right. <laughs> I thought it was a good movie, not amazing, not something I'd see multiple, multiple times, but I liked it. I enjoyed it. Maybe I'm not a David Bowie acting fan, maybe? I don't well, know. He's not a great actor, but he has a great presence in that film. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a little fairy tale, right? So it's this little girl. She's trying to get to the middle of this weird maze because she accidentally sent her little brother off to... Uh, yeah, she... she right, oh, I wish he'd never been world. born. And like, poof, fine, he's gone. He's, <laughs> and now she has to go... She's like, oh shit, dad's gonna be home soon. I need to go find him. Wasn't Jennifer Connelly the girl? Yeah, she was. Yep. Oh, was it? Was that Jennifer Connelly? Yeah, it was. I think it was. Yeah, it was. That in and of itself was what got me to start watching the film. <laughs> I love me some oh, Jennifer that was, Connelly. That was your entry vector. Yeah. yeah. There wasn't enough Jennifer Connelly in it to keep George's attention. Well, I mean, I know she's in it, but it wasn't the Jennifer Connelly that I like, you know. Oh, no, okay. Just, oh, uh, <laughs> I, I know it's a great film, and I know it's on a lot of people's top list. Maybe I'll go back and rewatch it with a more open mind. And I only tried to watch it one time, and then I was like, nah, I'm done with this. Click. I quit. Maybe it was because it wasn't the Jennifer Connelly that I wanted. I don't know. So there's other Jim Henson musicals that if you didn't like these, your soul has no hope, okay? Okay, well, what You could just they? leave the podcast now. Yeah, you well, can just damn. go. Which, come on. Apparently, we better ask Matt to join the podcast <laughs> <Yeah>. because... <laughs> right. George, what do you think of the Muppet movie? Oh, fucking best film ever, just about. Why are there so many songs about rainbows? And what's on the other side? Okay, good. Yeah. I mean, oh, so shoot. there's a whole family of those. Oh, Muppet yeah. movie, Great Muppet Caper, oh. Muppets Take Manhattan. Yeah, they were all funny as hell. The Muppet films from our generation far yes. outshine any Muppet films that happen later on. I'm not a big fan of the modern Muppet films, but it's not easy being green. How do you get better than that? I just don't. That stuff's awesome. You know, and I'll defend some of the modern ones. There have been a couple of the Muppet films recently. The most recent one especially was pretty good, but I'm not going to debate that the ones, the original ones, that Jim Henson was a part of Jim Henson was the Kermit at the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. those were just just mwah, impeccable. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the songs in them, the it was they already had a musical show. They were the Muppet Show, and right. it was taking that show on the road. That was it was a great concept. I mean, I'm and, getting oh, yeah. goosebumps right now just thinking about Rainbow I know, Connection. Right? Rainbow yes. Connection still to this day. Kermit singing that song. Oh. And set the music aside. What about just the the technical achievements oh, in puppetry that they did? Oh sure. Yeah, yeah. making Kermit ride a bike. I mean, come. On. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, then, and then the next movie, they all rode bikes. Yeah. They just every right. single one of them. What I always liked about those movies is that they one is that they worked on multiple levels. Like little kids can Correct. enjoy it, yep. adults can enjoy it, and the other one was the celebrity cameos. Oh yeah, yep. In those movies, I mean, they were just you never knew who right. was gonna pop up in them, and whenever they did, it was always like that was cool. You know, you talk about him riding a bike and stuff. For me, what was so significant about that was before that film, I had no idea Kermit had legs. That <laughs> son of a bitch on every. Every TV show I ever saw, it was waist up. I never saw his legs ever. Yeah, Sesame Street, Muppet Show, right, right, yeah. right. Yep. So, you know, him having legs in that one, I remember distinctly being a young child. You know, I was eight years old at the time when it came out. And say, wait a minute, is that what his legs would look like? Why are people yep. trying to eat those all the time? That doesn't make any sense. They're skinny. They're kind of bony. Yeah. <laughs> I've said it before and I'll say it again. There's no such thing as a bad puppet movie. It's true. <laughs> okay, it was no, true at the time I, of the I, Muppets. I, I think there are it some. It was true but... <laughs> in the time of the Happy Time Murders. Is that really a statement that you make often? Yeah, he does. I Every time wait, I have yeah. to defend the puppet movie, I do. Yes. If there's a wow, puppet movie, okay. he's, he, he goes sees it. It's it's. it's scary. And I stand by that statement for 1989's Meet the Feebles. Meet the Feebles, meet the Feebles, we're not your average, ordinary people. Meet the Feebles, meet the Feebles. Meet the Feebles? feebles. What the the hell is that? You guys aren't even aware of this film, are you? No. No. This is the anti-Muppets. The anti-Muppets. If <laughs> <laughs> you saw the Happy Time Murders, yeah, I, happy I time did murders. not see the Happy Time Murders. I did not see that. Okay, well, you're aware of its existence. It was kind I of a gritty of puppet yeah. thing, right? Right. Well, Meet the Feebles is a musical comedy from New Zealand. It's very dark. It was directed by Peter Jackson. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. And basically, it is Jim Henson-like 
puppets. They're Muppets, but they're not Muppets. Yep. Okay. Not like you have guys in suits, or you have guys who are, you know, hand puppets with, you know, stick hands. However, and, and, and like the, the Muppet show, everybody in Meet the Feebles, they were all in a troupe of, like a comedy troupe, a show, a musical troupe. Okay. But it follows the, the path of this story. It's a very twisted Muppet show. It touches on, like, pornography and adultery. Whoa. What? And what? Disease and drug addiction and suicide and mass murder. What the yeah. fuck? Yeah. Yes. Listen, by the end of the film, only a few of the main characters are even still alive. <laughs> what the wow. fuck? <laughs> I don't know that I want to watch this. I don't know if I want to see this. You, you kind of should. You. It's kind of like when you watch Plan 9 from Outer Space, because you go, yep, now I've seen that worst movie ever. You kind of need to see this one to go, oh, okay, that's what the parallel universe Muppets are. You need to see Meet the Feebles, and also great musical numbers, which is why it made my list. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I dare you to watch Meet the Feebles. Okay. I dare you. You dare me. I dare you. Know, you know, I'm not 13. I don't have to take every dare that somebody <laughs> throws down at my foot. I double dare you. Oh, Lord. Now I got to take it. Yeah. <laughs> <It's a double laughs> <dare now. laughs> Nestle $100,000 bar. Crunchy chocolate and chewy caramel. Are you ready for a comic book podcast that breaks the mold? Look no further than Drawn and Panel. Drawn and Panel. Drawn and Panel. I'm George. I'm a Gen Xer who rediscovered his childhood passion for comics and decided to turn it into a podcast. I'm Jason. I've been a comics fan my whole life and even worked with companies in the industry, so I've got my finger on the pulse of the comic book world. And I'm John. I don't know Stan Lee from Stan Laurel, but I know what I like. As a true comic book outsider, I ask the dumb questions to keep Jason and George on their toes. Together, Jason, John, and I dive into books from the golden age to the modern age with a particular focus on the indie comics. Get your news, reviews, interviews, insight, and commentary from all corners of the comic book world here on Drawn and Paneled. Find us anywhere you listen to podcasts or over on our website at drawnandpaneled.com. So my definition is looser than George's. Right, yeah. But there were yep, some that yep. were made that were just so specific to the music. And I'm thinking, like, the first one that pops in my head is I'm thinking of Tommy. Because oh. Right, yeah. Ever since I was a young boy, I played the silver ball. From Soho down to Brighton, I must have played them all. But I ain't seen nothing like him in any amusement hall. That death don't like it. Sure plays a mean pinball. That was the Who, and that, I mean, actually, there was no dialogue in that movie. It was all music. Right. This is the other end of George's spectrum, yeah, I would it's like argue, a rock right? opera, I guess, almost, right? You talked about, like, it's a movie that characters should at some point sing some of the film or should be related directly. Mm -hmm. That's like a film that the music was the reason for the movie. They just yeah. wrapped a movie around this music. Yeah, sure. I would qualify this as a musical because the music tells the story that the film is trying to get across to the audience. It sure does, yeah. The actors are actively participating in that music in the film. And, you know, Mo, you said this is kind of like a rock opera. I think this kind of defined the term of rock opera. Yeah, I think it did. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah I would debate I mean, that. It's, it's a great film. Yeah, and think of who is in it, though. Elton John, Tina Turner, I mean, Jack Nicholson. Oh, one yeah. of my favorites of all time. Eric Clapton. Eric Clapton. It was like a who's who of <laughs> no pun. music. Yeah, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> well, they probably said, hey, we're going to do a musical based on the who's Tommy, and they're like, all right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're in. Yeah. Yep. It was a stunning achievement. I'm not going to talk about like, oh, there was these wonderful graphics and special effects and the outstanding acting. Uh, it, the music is what makes that film what it is. It carried you through the film. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it if, literally if you don't have was the music the in that film, you don't have the film. You have a trailer. There's all you have left. Yeah, yeah <laughs> There's exactly. nothing left. <laughs> and then um, I know later on something that came out was another very similar one, which is The Wall, right? Another rock opera right. for sure. All hard was just a brick in the wall All in all it was all just bricks in the wall 
was also basically let's take this entire album right, just like a, and make a and wrap a movie around it. Yeah, Pink you know, Floyd's the wall. To this day, I still haven't watched that. Oh, really? Oh, my really? God. Yeah, it's been phenomenal. on my list for a long time, but I haven't watched it. I, I keep being told that I have to watch it while I'm high, and I don't get high, so that's why I keep pushing it off. We'll just wait a few more years and watch it when you're losing your memory. Same thing. Okay, yeah. dementia yeah, works. Okay, yeah, dementia <laughs> works. I yeah. won't remember to watch it then, but that's okay. Yeah, I hadn't watched the wall as a youngster when I was in college. I was encouraged to watch the wall as part of a media class that I was in, mm -hmm. and they were showing it at the student center at the college. And so I went and saw it in a the theater, which is pretty cool because I, I was too young to have seen it in the theater when it came out. And well, I guess I could have seen it in 82, but I didn't. Uh, so I saw it later in the 90s. And it's Pink Floyd's The Wall, but with trippy graphics thrown on top of every single song, pretty yeah. much. I mean, there was a story, but it was a very, I don't know what they call it when they when an artist puts out like an album and the album is like one theme, like it's one story that they're trying to tell through the whole album. Yeah, they call the AOR, album-oriented rock. Yep, that's yeah, it. So there's, there's, there's a story being told. Yes. Yep. And Pink Floyd's Wall did that for sure. And very much like Tommy, I feel like The Wall, it's stitched together the songs for you that you could have kind of guessed what went between them and it put like connective tissue to try to make a more cohesive story. Yeah. But it was really about the songs. Oh yeah, for sure. There's another group of kind of rock, or I don't want to say rock, but I'll say music movies that definitely George probably won't think this is a <laughs> musical. <laughs> just, just say don't count. I'm just going to put that out there right now, George, and you're probably going to think so. All right. Okay, but what do you think of things like the Blues Brothers? The Blues Brothers is a musical. Absolutely, the Blues Brothers is a musical. Now, ladies and gentlemen, it is the distinct pleasure of the management to present to you the evening star attraction. Here they are, back after their exclusive three-year tour of Europe, Scandinavia, and the subcontinent. Won't you welcome from Calumet City, Illinois, the show band of Julian Jake and Elwood Blues, the Blues Brothers. Okay, we won't have to fight. That's good. Yeah. They break out in the song <laughs> in that movie. Their songs tell stories in that film that are important to the story of the film. So that's absolutely a musical. No question. The beautiful part about the Blues Brothers to me is that the, the music was not only telling the story, the music was the story. Right. They were right. musicians. The goal was to put on this concert. They were on a mission from God. They were on a mission from God. If the whole goal had been to get to the concert and that concert was the only music in the film, I wouldn't have called it a musical movie. Movie because it would have just been a movie that had a concert in it. But because they were continually having songs within the movie, who, by the way, were some of the top musicians oh. in the world. Oh, my Aretha God. Aretha Franklin and Ray Charles and just, I mean, come on. Yeah. I mean, how well, you and wrong? just even the people that were in the background were these legendary yes. musicians yeah, as well. Yeah, Donald I Duck mean, Dunn and just, yeah. yeah, everyone in it is just, it's like a cross-section of what's going on in like blues and rock. And they said, and let's make this fake band that they made of Saturday Night Live yeah. that went on to sell albums as well. Just to your discussion a little while ago, you were talking about how you know, if it had been this, you wouldn't have qualified as a musical. The difference between Blues Brothers being a musical and it not being is like a movie like Get Him to the Greek. That's a movie about a musician who needs to go right. and perform yes. and everything. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's a mission movie, kind of like Blues Brothers was, but mm -hmm. there's no point in it where the music is what it the is movie driving is the story. Yeah. Right. You know, it, it. what it's the cohesive tendons of the storyline oh, are sure. about. Yeah. Plus, it was just a great freaking movie. <laughs> Blues Brothers is good. Mm -hmm. So what about Purple Rain? Not a musical. <laughs> oh, no. oh, okay. It's a great film. I love the film, don't get me wrong, and the music in it is part of my genetic makeup. I love Prince, I love that film, I've watched it probably 50 times over the life that I've lived, and I will probably watch it another 50 before I die. It's not a musical. See, I say it is. <laughs> because, <Nope. laughs> yeah, because I think that the music was so essential and the characters in it were the ones doing the music that I would say that it was a musical. Nope. That's, that's my, and I'll tell you why. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. No, I'll tell you why. It doesn't matter. You're wrong. It doesn't matter. La, 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 la. You could have told that same story about a person who did any other job and you wouldn't think of it as a musical. The only reason why you're saying that is because it was about a songwriter. 
writer. You could have told that story about a person who was breaking into the comic book artist world. Okay, that's not a musical because it's comic books. It's the same damn story. It's the same vehicle. It's the same tropes. Huh? Everything about that, those two stories would be the same. Stuff though. Yeah, but no. So a musical, the characters break into song out of nowhere, like we talked about before, or the music conveys a particular part of the story in and of itself. It's not an enhancement to the story. It's not a motif of the story that's being told. In Purple Rain, the story that's being told is all about him struggling with his crazy parents and him trying to break into the music scene and get recognized for his talent. And the songs that are being played in that film are in service to that, but they are not telling that story. But they don't tell the story of Purple Rain. What tells the story is the acting and all the spoken word dialogue, all of that stuff. So the Muppet movie would not be a musical either, then, by that definition. No, the Muppets actually tell their stories. <laughs> no, 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 no. You they could have tell how they're they feeling. They break out in a song that tells their story. Yeah, and he was telling how Purple he's Purple Rain, feeling. at no point do they break out into song out of nowhere. The music is well, all oh, wait, either so you say background music so if it or wasn't, it's in a concert. So if it wasn't about musicians, but they still have the same songs, it would be a musical? What? I think he's saying if it was, wasn't about musicians, they wouldn't have the songs. Is that where you're going with it? Because well, if it was about someone getting into comedy, they wouldn't have broken into the song. You would have, music you would have shown them it. doing their comic bit, right? Yes, exactly. Uh, so you're, you're asserting that we only had music in that film because it was a film about musicians, and the, the song That's the only were not reason in service why the, the music story. counts to us is because it's music that we love, but it doesn't service the story. Eh, I don't know, because then it seems like the Blues Brothers kind of falls under that too, then. <laughs> no! I understand where Aretha you're coming Franklin's from. Respect tells a story segment of the Blues Brothers. Tell me where Purple Rain Nikki. tells a story segment. That doesn't tell a story segment, yeah, it does. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Yeah, they she was just totally bad. He was totally dissing on the girl, and she was pissed off. They, she knew no, it was about her. No, but they already showed why that song meant anything in the spoken word dialogue before that song was so ever played. So did Franklin. She said, don't go, because oh. I'm going to leave you, before she starts breaking the song. <laughs> no, Can we all just done. get yes, along? Does. I'm just no, saying, she okay. Anyway, okay, okay. Let's, okay. let's agree, agree to disagree Even on what qualifies. I'm not agreeing to shit. I'm just saying. We've heard that from you before. We try to agree to disagree. We know. <laughs> Purple Rain was a good movie. It did have good music. Awesome movie. Great music. Okay. So some of us would call that a musical movie. And some say that's not a musical movie. Right. <laughs> but it is in our podcast about musical movies. That's so. right. There it is. <sighs> okay. Whew. Quickly, before we move on from that, I'm going to go ahead and talk about something different. Okay. <laughs> I want to talk about one of my favorite films that I don't even know if anybody would count it as a musical but me, but Monty Python's The Meaning of Life. Oh, hell yeah. Why are we here? What's life all about? Is God really real? Or is there some doubt? Well, tonight we're going. I haven't seen it, so I can't What's say. Oh, great. Okay. Then George will <laughs> not is. jump down my throat if I call him a musical. <laughs> so, Monty Python's The Meaning of Life has so many great songs in it that are so irreverent. I mean, great hits like Every Sperm is Sacred yeah. and The Universe Song. Right side like, I know the songs, I just haven't seen the It's the kind of irreverence that you expect from Monty oh, Python. Of all their films, I mean, so Holy Grail is the most iconic film, mm -hmm. but Meaning of Life is probably my favorite Python film because of its music musical it's the tack that it takes with music and how it tells the stories they're turning a mirror on musicals and saying look how ridiculous this is we're doing one <laughs> and we'll do a double whammy by making it religious too yeah of course yeah yeah take that we're Monty Python yeah <laughs> yeah I can't say a lot about it because I haven't seen it I've seen Holy Grail because I love that storyline and the sure. but I know that the songs are iconic I know it's one of your favorites so I'm not gonna try and debate one way or the other because I haven't seen it I would mind watching it and see if I can figure out whether I think it's a musical or not but <laughs> actually George I don't think you should I think you should just not see it and just accept that as a musical I, George I don't seek your approval here I'm calling it a no, musical no, no matter no, what you say not. so right. you know yeah, that's what I think too you know? I'm like yeah whatever <laughs> Wayfair, you've got just what I need. Everything for my home, you got it for me. I've never seen selection quite like this. Every color and size in my mind. They have every single thing on my list. And with 70% off, who knows what I'll find. 
Well, what about one that we probably, I hope we agree on, Little Shop of Horrors? Because that's based on a musical. Yeah. That's another great, it's a stage musical turned into an awesome movie Yeah, about everyone's favorite sadistic dentist. <laughs> that musical was always off-Broadway. It never actually was on Broadway. Right. And it played in the same theater for, God, it had to be 20 years. And it was wow. the first musical that my brother took me to see. Really? See, I've never gone and watched a musical in the theater. Really? Oh, no, I just it's, haven't it's, had it's an, an amazing it's, experience. It's a different amazing experience. experience. Yeah, as much as I travel for work, once in a blue moon, I'm somewhere and I have like a weekend off. And like I went and saw something in Chicago and something in Manhattan and some, you know, if they have live theater, I mean, like like Podunk Town somewhere in Wisconsin and went to find live stage theater because it's just miraculous to just even see low level performers yeah. put on something that cohesive, especially a musical. Uh, the, yeah. And Little Shop of Horrors, like seeing the stage performance of Suddenly Seymour, the song toward the end, was <laughs> right. it blew me away in the theater. I mean, <laughs> It was just a huge song, you know, and the movie was good, too. And you want to talk about classic act? Oh, yeah. Right? There, Rick Moranis. There are Rick Moranis. Steve Martin. I think Steve Martin might have had the, the scene-stealing role <laughs> in the film. He was my favorite, yeah. They had an incredible cast. They had, think about the director alone. You know, we want to talk about movies. Who directed Little Shop of Horrors? I have no idea. Frank Oz. Really? He did Blue yeah. Brothers, too, yeah. didn't he? Yes. Yeah. Frank Oz done a lot of stuff. He was, he was also essentially in the, Blues the Muppet film, yeah. yeah. right? Well, he, you know, he was, was right. one of the Muppets. Yeah. Wasn't it? Like he He's Fozzie Bear. Fozzie Bear. Yeah. That's it. James yeah. Belushi, another Blues Brother tie-in, was in Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah. Oh yeah. So uh, Christopher Guest, John Candy, Bill Murray. I thought it was, it was a very entertaining movie. I enjoyed it. It was like they said, "This is a musical that, like you said, Mo hasn't made it to Broadway. Let's take and throw the best people in the world at it and make it what it should be because we love it so much." That's what it feels yeah. like they yeah. did with this film. Yeah, for sure. Okay, before we wrap up here, though, I have one question for you guys too: whether you consider these movies musicals or not okay, okay. Yep. yep. the disney animation movies that came out in the 80s and 90s little mermaid lion king all those guys i don't so can no. an animation be a musical yeah well mm. that's the question i mean if you look it, that's it the can first be question, well, if you look right? at like frozen it, it totally today. can be so john since you say these don't what mm -hmm. in your They're mind not. qualifies <laughs> is it possible for an animated film to be a musical oh an, an animation can be a musical sure okay. okay well an old one what about a yellow submarine by the beatles that was animated okay okay and then more recently there was one maybe in the early teens or late 2000s called sing that was all about animals anthropomorphized animals who right. want to become musicians yeah they were like doing a like an american idol contest that's right there was a pig and a gorilla and they all wanted yeah so you definitely can make a musical that is an animation but even by our criteria uh, i don't see like the early like little mermaid lion king they just have songs in them i don't think they drive the story see wow. I, I actually think that they do qualify and the reason why i say that is if you look at things like the lion king they were able to make that into a Broadway musical very easily because the songs and everything. They just did, sort of, yes. So that's what makes you think that maybe they could be considered. I mean, I'm, I'm on the fence, to be honest. Well, damn. What? <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of pissed right now. Why? Because I got to agree with Mo. I, I think they are musicals. And I don't want to agree with Mo after the argument we had over Verbal Rain right now. I'm still pouting. I don't want to be agreeing with you. <laughs> God damn it. Why do you have to be right? Cut that shit out. So the reason why I think they're musicals is... I'm not saying that I'm 100% right on this because I'm not 100% confident, but Moana, for instance, yep. when she's sailing across the ocean and she's singing her title song and everything, that song drives the story. It is essential to the story. You can't tell the whole story without her singing that song in that now, I spot. think Moana is closer to a musical. It might even categorize. What about the Frozen? Ones, the resurgence in like the 80s and 90s when those okay, first started so coming out. Little Mermaid, less, Lion King, less you're so. saying no. Less so. Yeah. Really? I, those I felt like Mermaid, it's Disney, sure. therefore here's a song. I gotta go with Little Mermaid is absolutely a musical. Mulan? Yeah, not seeing it. I mean, that's yeah, late 90s, but Beauty and the Beast, that's been a musical, a TV show, a cartoon movie, that's been everything. That's gotta be a musical Beauty and the Beast mind. is great, but I don't think those songs are <laughs> okay. part of the fabric of the story. I think they're great songs in an otherwise standalone film. So this one may cause the rift that breaks the show. Okay. <laughs> hey, it's been a fun ride, everyone. Before we do this, hey, it's been a real pleasure working with you. Okay, go ahead, George. Because if you say this one's not a musical, I might lose enough respect okay, to walk out. Okay, fair enough. Out. Aladdin. No, Aladdin is a musical. Absolutely. Okay. 
Oh, right. oh yes, of course. Yes. Okay. Because that scared me there for a second, because you're like the resurgence, and Aladdin is absolutely an essential part of the Disney resurgence of the 90s. Yeah, that is one. Definitely animation can be musicals, but just because there's music and animation does not make it a musical movie. I'll grant you that. Whew. I'm going to I'm gonna try and swing you around a little bit, though, more toward the Disney ones by pulling out a movie I know you love, and I think you'll qualify it as a musical just because you love the film so damn much. Okay. South Park, Bigger, Longer, Uncut. It's totally a musical. <laughs> 100% is a musical. How is that not the same as Little Mermaid? then it's got the almost the exact same structure well because it features the song uncle fucker which really drives the film (laughs) without that music that song is really the cornerstone of the film (laughs) (laughs) oh my god If there was anything in this show you'd like to learn more about, the show notes which accompany each episode are full of links to click and explore. Catch up on past episodes and get pinged every time a new one's released by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. And you know, iTunes reviews help more than you know, so if you haven't yet, please rate and review us in the iTunes app. And if you have a friend who isn't yet listening, why not? Tell them about us, they'll thank you later. You're our fourth listener, and we'd love to read your emails right here on the show, so hit us up at podcast at genxgrownup.com. And finally, Gen X Grown Up is more than just this podcast. Our YouTube channel has hundreds of videos ready for you to enjoy, plus you can find our entire body of work on genxgrownup.com. Fortunately, we made it through that one without breaking up the squad. We're all still on the same team here at Gen X Grown Up. Whether you think all these movies are uh, musicals or not, they certainly had some iconic music in them, and most are worth your time. Maybe not all, but most. (laughs) Before we leave the show, I definitely want to take a moment and give my gratitude, my appreciation to all the folks that support us over on Patreon. I'm talking about you, Slow Mo, and Corey, and T2, and Dana, and Agile, and Marcus, Chewbacca, and Will, and Thomas, and Jessica, and Steve. Dean, these are all individuals that support Gen X Grown Up financially. A couple of bucks a month. No, absolutely. I mean, without these guys, I mean, I don't know. It's like it gives us enough extra fire to keep going. Yeah, I mean, yes. without these patrons, I don't know if I would have enough energy to argue with Mo. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody wants that to stop. Right, no. <laughs> keep the support coming, please. <laughs> if you would like to hear more arguments between Mo and George, please head over to patreon.com slash Gen X Grown Up. We have arguments with me and Mo. We have arguments with me and John. How come the two of you never argue? Are you the same person? What the hell? How come you two never well, argue? John's usually right. Oh, God. <laughs> wow. Oh. Okay, let me, let, let's quick get out of this show before it bursts into flames. <laughs> we will be back in two weeks with another backtrack. And, of course, next week, the regular edition of the show. Until then, I am John. Mo, thanks for being here. Always fun, man. George, you know I appreciate you, brother. <laughs> yes, sir. And fourth listener, we appreciate you most of all, and we will talk to you next time. <laughs> Bye-bye. See you guys. Take care, everybody. No life, no fun. Don't you know that you're a grown-up? No games, no puns. Basically, life sucks as a grown-up. Gen X Grown Up is a member of the Evergreen Podcast family. Learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com. We're also an affiliate of the Geeks Worldwide Radio Network. You can check them out at the GWW.com. Yeah, didn't they also have the one of the teachers in that was the guy who did the commercials for the paper thing or something later on? I can't remember. Oh, man, I wish I could remember that guy. That would have been a funny anecdote. Oh, well. <laughs> it would be great, man. <laughs> I wish I knew something about this. This would have been right. great. <laughs> <laughs> How about little Dolly Parton and Bert, 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 Dolly Bert? Parton and fucking I can't say Bert it. Reynolds. Bert Reynolds. I know his name. I can't say it. <laughs> Just help me out, man. What was it like to be there for historical sports moments and unforgettable performances? To be behind the scenes? On Press Box Access, you'll hear from me, Todd Jones, 
and other sports writers about their experiences with the greatest athletes, coaches, and sports events of the past half century. We'll share some stories behind the stories, some big, some small, and some we've only told each other. Let us buy you around on Press Box Access. 